This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is made out of gold. This isn't the Book of Amun-Ra. This is something else. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead? Are you sure you want to be playing around with this thing? It's just a book. No harm ever came from reading a book. That happens a lot around here. So what's it say? Amun-Ra. Amun-Day. It speaks of the night and of the day. No! You must not read from the book! Shall we begin? is made out of gold. This isn't the Book of Amun-Ra. This is something else. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead? Are you sure you want to be playing around with this thing? It's just a book. No harm ever came from reading a book. That happens a lot around here. So what's it say? Amun-Ra. Amunday. It speaks of the night and of the day. No! You must not read from the book! BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Sharmila. And I mean, come on, everybody would recognize that clip we are talking today. Or rather, we're throwing it back to 1999 and The Mummy, um, because tomorrow we're going to be doing Thor, Love and Thunder. So it is the most tenuous and loose of links of gods and mythology. If you grew up at a particular time, if you had... Astro at a particular time. The Mummy was such a big deal, right? You've like, probably seen it six times. I know, the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, re-watching this was such a treat. It's one of those quintessential early 2000s blockbuster-style films which may not necessarily have a lot of substance but are really high on style. It's really fun. I remember watching it in the cinema and even the rewatch is just so much fun. It reminded me of the good old days of just like action adventure, fun movies that you can laugh at and just have a good time at the movies with. Yeah, it, because it doesn't mean anything, right? I mean, um, what you've just described, this idea of just having a good time, just having fun at the movies. And after that, when you come out, you discuss it, but not in the sense of, so what do you think it meant, this book of the dead and book of life, you know? Instead, it's just... The mummy, huh? Cats, huh? <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's kind of a spiritual descendant of Indiana Jones in many ways, maybe even more so than Indiana Jones 4. So there's there's this sense of adventure, of exploration and of tropiness that they're also interested in subverting, which I quite like because, you know, you've got your adventurer, you've got your 
I was going to say rakish brother, but rakish isn't the right word for Jonathan. It's He's more, more hapless than rakish. Yeah, you've got your, your hapless comedic sidekick. You've got your evil hapless comedic sidekick. <laughs> you've got a mummy. You've got a librarian. You know, there's just a lot going on. It's so much fun. I think the best thing about The Mummy is actually the rewatch value. Um, and I realised right? Yeah, because the first time you watch it, sure, it's great. Um, it's a very particular kind of adventure film or, or horror, depending on how you think about it. Actually, it has a whole bunch of things. Mm. Huh? Adventure, horror, comedy. Romance. Romance. But once you're familiar with the beats, this is the kind of movie that anticipating the beats is great fun. Uh, you know exactly how someone's going to say a line. You know exactly when the guy who's a mummy is going to open his mouth and call a sandstorm down upon people. And knowing it actually makes it more fun. And not every movie manages to do that. Um, the mummy does that really, really well. So it was directed by Stephen Summers. Uh, we've been mentioning the the characters. It's worth saying that, of course, it stars uh, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Wise. Um, it's also got Arnold Vosloo um, as as Imhotep. Um, you've got your Odette Fair. You've got a bunch as of Ardeth Bay, my eternal screen crush when I was a teenager. I mean, it's a lot, um, but yeah. So, and it essentially tells the story of, um, I guess, competing expeditions to to get to the tomb that is at the heart of Hamunaptra, the city of the dead. Um, in so doing, they end up awakening a priest with a vendetta um, who is trying to himself awaken the love of his life who was mummified. And, and that's really the basic structure of the story. Along the way, you've got your usual... Um, film versions of Egyptian curses, um, of what it means to be on an archaeological dig, apparently lots of whiskey. So, you know, that's that's kind of the structure of the film. So I think one thing I realised, because obviously they did the 2017 Mummy with Tom Cruise, the thing I realised about this film, as you start, a good half an hour almost, or maybe at least 20 minutes, is actually set up for the backstory, for the backstory of... Um, of Oh my gosh, what's his name? Rick O'Connell? No, of uh, Imhotep. Imhotep. <laughs> yes, of Imhotep. And um, that's really nice. The movie takes its time with so many things, right? Whether in building up the stakes to the bad guy, to building up the chemistry and the romance between the two leads, uh, Evie and Rick O'Connell, um, or even just particular action sequences, they actually go for quite a while. And I don't mean that in a draggy way. But I think the thing I appreciated about this being a blockbuster of its time is that it's not just careening from scene to scene, mm. from action set piece to action set piece. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It wants to tell a good story and it wants to pull you into that story. So even the smallest character, even someone who's just there to basically have his skin eaten away, is someone you actually feel invested in. And I think that was really nice. I agree with that. Um to your point about Arnold Vosloo's Imhotep, um, I think what's great about him is that he is, he was at the time and increasingly upon rewatch, quite sympathetic. I mean, yeah, he killed this pharaoh. <laughs> and, and that's, But you it know, was for love. It is, it was for love. And everything that he's doing is, is for that very thing, right? It is also in some ways almost a silent movie performance because while he speaks... While he speaks what the captions tell me is ancient Egyptian, um, he also spends a lot of time using his body language. When I think of um, 
how he stands on the stairs looking after his soul um, or for that matter just standing there and making faces and creating sandstorms a lot of the performance has to do with physical presence pro tip if you were watching it on amazon prime the way i did um, switch the captions to english not closed caption because when you switch it to English, you actually get the translations for what they're saying. I didn't have the option. Ah, right. See, so initially I had the ancient Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, and it was really starting to annoy me. So I started playing around with the subtitles and that really helps. Um, but I completely agree. Actually, uh, one huge plus for The Mummy is that it has a villain that you can truly invest in. He's imposing. He co commands the screen every time he's on there. But he's also actually very good at what he does. He's not just a skeleton wrapped in rags. In mm. fact, apparently famously, um, Stephen Summers said, nobody is going to want to watch a, a pile of bandages for two hours. So he wanted a villain that people could invest in and actually feel terrified by. And so I think it really does reimagine the mummy mythology to be more than just something creepy that comes at you and lurches about. And instead, this is, a, this is one of those iconic villains, I dare say. I wanted to ask you how you felt about the the special effects because this is a product of pre-2000s. It's 1999. And in some cases, I think it really shows. Um, to me, it's part of its charm. There is a certain cheesy quality. Even back then, um, there was a cheesy, high cheese quality to the mummy, right? So it's not as if it's, it's a sudden realisation. Um, I think that, because I think that the mummy especially prior to his regeneration, still looks pretty good. I actually thought most of the film looked pretty good. Even the glinting gold? <laughs> Even the glinting gold. So you're right. I think watching it through the... This is a slightly cheesy experience helps because you overlook a lot. But even the larger set pieces, right? When um, there's this whole scene of... In the in a desert storm, there's there's all of the scenes in the tombs underground, which look great. Um, the scarabs creeping around everywhere, getting under, literally getting under people's skin. Yeah, they pulled that off really quite nicely. So I was pleasantly surprised at how well the effects held up. Yes, um, and I quite liked the. This is going to sound like I'm damning with faint praise, but I also like the experience of almost feeling like I'm on the Universal film lot. <laughs> yes, which, yes, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, which a lot of the sets genuinely look like. I mean, you've got your, your sweeping desert scenes and you've got the Sahara and that's beautiful. I mean, there are some scenes where it's very clear that they're on location. Uh, there are, however, others where I'm like, okay, this is a set. This is a set that if I wanted to, I could visit and go for a ride on. And I like that. It, it had a, I don't know, maybe it just reminded me of being a kid. It reminds you of being a kid. It reminds you of, again, I think, um, a specific kind of movie experience, which we don't get a lot of anymore, right? I, I think I think the thing I love the most about The Mummy is that it both takes the experience it wants to give you very seriously, but it doesn't take itself very seriously. There's a lot of stuff within there which is schlocky and cheesy, but it's fun. And I think that counts for a lot. We're talking today about The Mummy, uh, the one from 1999 specifically, not the Tom Cruise recent creation. Uh, let us know. Do you remember watching it? Do you have fond memories of it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us, of course, at BFM Radio. Because freedom matters. BFM 89.9. Please don't leave me. Damn it! Trap doors! Let me switch 
FM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Sharmila. We're throwing it back to 1999 and The Mummy, directed by Stephen Summers, and uh, starring, as you just heard there, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, um, a little bit of Arnold Vosloo, John Hanna. <laughs> a lot of people were in that clip. And I, I wanted to play that because I think it has a good mix of what The Mummy has. There's a little bit of comedy, um, you can hear the sound effects, the special effects, there's quite a lot of horror. And all of it just comes together in a way that feels somewhat effortless. And I wanted to kind of focus on the performances because without the performances selling you the idea that the locusts are here or that they are in fact drinking blood or that they're facing a mummy, it's not going to work. Firstly, when I told my brother I was re-watching The Mummy, he went, Anak Sunamun. I know. That's I- how iconic that line is. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, you know, Brendan Fraser is sort of undergoing a bit of a renaissance, I'm told, is what the phrase is. Um, And I'm really glad because he used to be one of my favourite childhood actors. I think he was in a lot of feel-good, family-friendly films and he was a very particular kind of hero. And The Mummy, I think, really exemplifies the kind of screen hero he was because he's not quite indie. He's a little bit goofier than an Indiana Jones. George in the Jungle. Yeah, yeah, so this is almost like a marriage between a George in the Jungle and Indiana Jones, right? Because there are scenes where he's dashing and handsome. You can completely see why Evie falls for him. On the other hand, there are scenes where he just looks at a mummy and yells and looks as goofy as George did. He does it twice, in fact. He does it twice (laughs) and I love it. Like, I know it's coming. I love it. And he's got that face, that almost Jim Carrey-esque face where he can do a lot of funny things with it. It's a pity that we didn't get more of Brendan Fraser. I I really think this, um, especially when he was at that level in his career. Part of it has to do with the kinds of films that were being made, right? Like if you look at the character of a Rick O'Connell and how perfectly it suits him in in terms of all those different things that you're talking about, all the different elements that go into making a star a star um, and a very particular sort of star, then we just don't have that many action-adventure comedies or we don't have that many star-making vehicles for it because I'm thinking of like a Matthew McConaughey in Fool's Gold or something, you know, which is not necessarily... a a genre of film that can keep replicating itself. Um, But the other part of it is Rachel Weisz doesn't need a wiser sense. Um, She has always been a successful and acclaimed actress. But what I enjoy about her Evie is that firstly, she's a hero for the book girls, right? Like if you are a bookish girl, then no harm ever came from reading a book. Even though she did unleash the curse. She did. I've forgotten that. Um, It's why at the end, spoiler, um, when when Ardeth Bay goes like, thank you. I'm like, why? (laughs) These people (laughs) caused all the problems in the first place. But yeah, I mean, sure, she unleashed the book, but she can also translate ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs while being strangled by a mummy. This is the thing. And here's the thing, right? The mummy is such a great example of why casting capable actresses in this kind of popcorn fair can actually elevate the movie so much because 
she could have been a dummy. She could have been an actress that we never saw again. Or dour. Uh, she could have been dour. There are a bunch of things she could have been that have been very cliched and very tropey. Rachel Wise, however, takes a role that could have gone horribly wrong and turns it into something that's, what, 20 years? 20 years? No. Yes, 20 years later, is still so much fun to watch and is actually, it really holds up well over time. She's quite irresistible, I think, yes. is the thing about her. She's incredibly charming, she's smart, she's capable. And yet when she does have to do some damsel in distress stuff, and this is, after all, an action adventure taking place in that very particular period of time. So when she does have to do a bit of swooning or a little bit of O'Connell, um, you know, she does it really, really well. And then, so you've got Brendan Fraser putting in a great performance. You've got Rachel Weisz putting in a great performance. And together, there's so much chemistry. And that powers the whole film. I think they're, they're, there's a scene in which he is packing a bag and she is unpacking a bag. Oh. I love that scene. And it's lovely. Like, yeah. And it functions on the basis of really good chemistry and really good comedic timing. So there's them. But then there are also others in this film that, that turn it into actually almost an ensemble piece. So John Hanna as her brother, Jonathan, yes. is great. Uh, Oded Fair, he could just be beefcake exotic guy, but he's actually really interesting as well. There's this moment when he's on a plane with like a helmet and goggles, just like grinning away because he's able to fly. And I was just like, you're as loony as the rest of them. Like this movie is a coming together of people who all play these tropes that are supposed to be hyper serious. But in actuality, none of the actors playing them are taking it that seriously. And I think that gets to why something like The Mummy holds up so much better even 20 years later versus the 2017 Mummy, which was really only interested in rehashing those tropes. So uh, I'm glad that you brought up the 2017 Mummy because I, I was thinking about it. After the success of The Mummy, um, after the fact that it's an iconic character. It's one that people are very familiar with. Um, I mean, when I say character, I'm, I'm not talking about Imhotep, more the idea of the villain that is a mummy, right? And when you think about it in that context, I can see why a remake would make sense or a sort of update. But I think what it comes down to is, it's funny. In a way, both films were made for financial reasons because famously, Universal were coming out of a slump and they needed a hit and they thought, okay, <laughs> you know, the mummy, let's cast the guy who made a lot of money in George in the Jungle. It's going to make sense. And the mummy 2017 was made to kickstart the, the franchise, right? For The dark multiverse. Exactly. And yet the clear difference is one doesn't take itself too seriously and is also invested in telling a good standalone story, not in setting up a bunch of different things. And it makes all the difference. Yes, because when This Mummy came out, there was no indication that they were going to make a sequel. Of course, then they did get two other films. Mummy, Mummy 2 is great. Mummy 3 is terrible. Plus Scorpion King. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah. I forgot about the spin-off. But you're right. I think it was the it was the time before sequels were as common as they are now. So you don't assume that what you're making is going to have anything more than this particular story to tell. And I think that impacted the way the story was told. 
All of which to say, I would heartily recommend it as a rewatch. I think it really is like being on a great theme park roller coaster ride. You don't have to think about it too much. It's popcorn fare, but in a good way. And it's nice to watch, especially now that all the actors, or rather the main cast members, have gone on to much more serious films. And you're able to look back at this thing where they're not taking themselves seriously at all. And yet the movie in terms of its quality, I think really holds up. It, it just, I know I said this earlier, but it just reminded me of being a kid. The best and worst thing about The Mummy for me is actually the fact that everyone I know who loves it is like me and has watched it when they were younger. I'm actually very curious about what it's like to watch it for the first time today. Um, and if anyone is, I'd love to hear from them uh, because I would heartily recommend it. So we've been talking today about the 1999 film The Mummy um, which was written and directed by Stephen Summers. Let us know if you've watched it recently, if you're planning to watch it for the first time, do you think it holds up? Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us of course at movies at bfm.my You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.